Yo, welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, John Solo. I'll be talking to touring musicians, artists, producers, engineers, and crewmen all around the world. I'm interested in knowing what brings people to this crazy lifestyle and how music became their passion. I, for one, have spent most of my life in front of a keyboard and continue to learn and understand why it is I do what I do. I feel honored and privileged to have worked and become friends with many of the guests on this show. And for those of you who don't understand what hotel life is about, you're listening to Late Checkout. All right, cool. Let's start. I'm with uh, Rob Calder. I'm here in uh, Brooklyn in my place, and he's in uh, Mar Vista, or as you call it, Far Vista. Is that is that correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody uh, says uh, that Mar Vista is far too far away from what's going on in L.A. It's kind of true. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I never actually, I mean, I, I was, I just talked to Brian Griffin on the last one and I was talking a little bit how I lived on the west side in uh, Santa Monica. Um, it is like the west side in L.A. is weird. It's far removed from the rest of the planet over there. It's like nobody ever wants to go to the east side and vice versa. They're like, oh, you're way over there. And it's like, yeah. And Mar Vista is just like way a little bit further away. It's like south and west. So it's just kind of like in its own little pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It's a great place to be anyway, and, uh, you know, it. I'm new to L.A., so it's a great landing spot. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I fully, you've heard me talk about this. Uh, Rob and I have spent many, many hours on the road together touring, so we pretty much know everybody, every story. Actually, I'm going to uh, change that for a second. It's not hours, many years. Yeah. <laughs> we've spent many years on the road years. together. I was thinking today, I was like, if there's a 10,000-hour rule for like practicing to become a pro, we've definitely got 10,000 hours logged in just That's being right. around each other. We're experts on each other. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, uh, but yeah, I, was, I actually I fully do miss uh, the West Side. and I, I mean, if I was to ever move back to L.A., which I've thought about many times um, in the last couple of years, it would definitely be on the West Side. Uh, yeah. I, maybe even further south, like not, not quite quite in LA maybe like like Manhattan Beach Long Beach area something like that Just, right I really like the beach the weather I mean you can't you really can't beat the weather out there I know I say that a lot but how's it been right now uh, it's it's incredible I mean um, I've just spent uh, you know a certain amount of time in Montana uh, on a family vacation and uh, and it was just snowing up there it was like a lot and we're, we're in May now so uh, it was incredible, uh, like cold up there. But now, you know, popping out of the uh, the plane here, instantaneous relief. It's like, oh, this is just, yeah. it's the weather that I I, I crave right now, and and it oh, makes, man. makes a huge difference for me. I think. All, all the how sunlight. do you feel? How do you feel about? Uh, I mean, I know this is the cliche question to ask, but what? How do you feel the differences between New York and LA as a musician right now? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm totally qualified um, <clears throat> to comment. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I've only been here for a year and a half, and I feel mm-hmm. like m- most of that I've been on the road. Um, so I yeah, feel like I'm so true. so new to the area, and uh, I mean. Ask me again in a, in a while because it's it's I, I I have like ideas but I'm afraid that they're half baked right now. 
So yeah, I, I feel like LA is like it's like any big city. New York, it, I mean, it's like it's so big you can't just move in and, and get an idea within like even a few years to really understand what's going on to get the gist of it because it's it's so massive and so many players and and musicians and artists and, and the scene, so many different scenes and. Oh yeah, it's just it's an it's an amazing place. I feel like there's really the argument between both cities is kind of old at this point. But they're they're both great for what they've got, you know. And yeah, it, it is a simplistic argument uh, uh, to try and compare one to the other. You know, like for instance, one thing I have noticed uh, is there's so much more going on in this town musically than than uh, in New York, and there's a lot going on in New York. So. Yeah. Like there, uh, just as you say, I mean, there are pockets that exist here that don't exist in New York, and and I think, you know, to try and put a neat hat on LA musicians in that way, yeah, seeing how many, like, I'll say this, and and I don't know if um, I'm not even sure if it's totally true, but you know, I don't think there's a baked potato vibe at all in New York, at all. Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah. Do you know what? It seems like, to have moved upon, move on. Yeah, like if you can like. There's a whole fusion thing that uh, is 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 alive and well here, and you didn't even have anything like that in uh, in New York, and that that really kind of blew me away. You know, you don't even. I think New York is whittled down to one official blues bar um, now. I don't think that uh, there used to be. Oh, yeah, a f- what is that place? What is, is, it, is, it, not a- is it Terra Blues? Maybe, or is Terra that, Blues, is that yeah. maybe? Maybe that's. I don't even think that's around anymore. I'm not I sure. I don't even it is. know to be honest. I, I, I'm like you. I don't even. I'm never in town anymore yeah. to even know what's going on in New York. I don't even really. I don't even feel the music scene here because I'm never around to even enjoy it or be a part of it. So yeah. I don't even really. I'm definitely not an expert on that. Well, um, yeah, but I think you know, like. There's there's a lot of stuff going on here in L.A. and I'm discovering uh, all these incredible clubs and and they're all these little scenes and uh, so yeah like I said ask me in, in ask me in three yeah. years well, maybe I'll have you come yeah maybe I'll have you come back in a, in a year or so if this keeps going but uh, yeah uh, anyway let's let's start from the beginning like when did you decide to get into playing uh, I guess bass or just music in general when did this all start for you. Um, well, uh, my parents got me on the piano bench when I was old enough to, to sit up and, and, uh, and then shortly thereafter, a year later, they had me playing the violin and, and both of those things, um, I hated, I hated it. Uh, I, 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 it was never, it was neither were the instrument for me, uh, but I, you know, I ended up enjoying the piano a little bit, um, and, uh, and, you know, without going through the entire thing, I begged my parents uh, uh, that I could play like a like some sort of a rock instrument, and they would never let me. So uh, I I didn't know any. My parents were you know pretty firm; they wouldn't let me do anything, and I it was enough of a stopper for me to 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 not really uh, you know pursue it pursue it uh, on my own. I don't know. When you're a kid, you just don't. I don't, if your parents say no, you like yeah okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, were, were your parents already in music? Is that why they got you into it? Or so yeah. So my parents uh, were both uh, professional musicians. Um, um, my dad was uh, he worked at uh, the uh, school of music at Indiana University. Uh, he worked at the Mac. He was um, 
he ran all the ensembles and he actually had about five different jobs every time I talked to him he 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 tells me he had something else that he was uh, um, he was doing and um, but uh, <coughs> he also was a conductor and uh, and he played the piano and and the trombone in in the army band which is really that's the that's the basic uh, uh, double instrument trombone piano yeah the classic <laughs> the classic combo the classic yeah, yeah the combo exactly but I think ultimately he wanted to be a, he wanted to be a conductor so I ended up going to school for all of that and and uh, he was working as a conductor in the opera houses in Germany uh, which is where he met my mom and she was a a soprano and um, and that's how they met. And then he ended up getting a job at Indiana University and moved um, the family um, <clears throat> to to Indiana. And that's that's when I was born. And that's that's how my parents um, got there. Which is so it's uh, been a yeah. musical. You've been in a musical family pretty much your whole life. Do you have any siblings? I have two older sisters. Um, are they involved in music? Not, not really. No. I don't think they ever had the bug. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting the bug. The bug or the disease? I don't know. <laughs> which it's, one is it's, it? The bug turns into the disease. You know? and, and then you manage it somehow. Uh, yeah. You just have that lifelong uh, thing. Some people cure it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> As in they uh, decided, they, they become rational and they go, what am I doing? Is yeah. this really even the way to try to make a living? <laughs> yeah. Like one symptom um, of the the disease is, you know, uh, you have to sort of uh, decide that money isn't important to you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, that is definitely that's how it really starts. I feel like in the beginning is it's not even an issue. You just want to play it. You're just having so much fun playing, like whatever it is, whether it's a, playing at a bar in front of three people or a wedding gig or whatever you can get. And like, even if you can get a couple of dollars in your pocket, like that doesn't matter. It's the yeah. fact you got to play and, and that's how it has to be. I mean, yeah. really, if, if you start out thinking I'm going to make a lot of money doing this, it's going to be a tough, long road ahead. That's for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. So anyway, let's take it back. So you were, you started playing piano and you didn't like it and violin and uh, yeah, didn't like it and what year is this is this like when you're it's in the 80s i mean i mean i'm I'm in high school and then i I, mean how how old were you like well i'll tell you uh, when uh you know when i graduated high school i uh i had a pal um chris walker who uh, was uh, playing the guitar and and chris uh he said man you should buy a bass and i was like oh right yeah okay and then uh (laughs) I, I, for some reason, I just ag- I, I just agreed. I was like, "Yeah, cool. You're playing guitar. I'll play the bass. Whatever." And I, I bought a fifty dollar bass and amp uh, combo. It was hilariously oh. cheap. And, uh, and yeah, I brought for the it bass home. and the amp. That's amazing. Yeah. And I brought it home. I remember the day, Saturday afternoon. I plugged it in. Immediately started playing. My, my fingers took to the instrument, and. I had probably the, the the clearest epiphany I've ever had in my life. Uh, at that very moment, within ten minutes of playing, uh, my I knew that that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. That's amazing. How old were you? Uh, I was eighteen. I was so I was like right 
I had just graduated from high school. And, wow. uh, and at that point, I didn't think that, you know, I had any musical talent. Uh, the best I, uh, I could do was be first chair, second violin um, in the orchestra, which I had quit the year before. And, uh, and I was just, I was just mediocre. I was so mediocre. I couldn't make a melodious sound on my violin. And I think that was maybe, maybe a problem. I, I, I don't know if you can't make a good sound. I, I had, I didn't have supple fingers. You know, you have to have this lovely supple wrist where you can, uh, uh yeah. you can make a nice vibrato, you know, and it, otherwise that sounds like a, a cat, oh, gosh. A, a cat's being stepped on, you know? It was awful. I feel like the vi- I think the violin is like technically one of the hardest instruments to learn. I mean, it's it's definitely not like the piano. Like you can start making some notes happen and kind of play some songs right away on a piano. But yeah. violin, just making a sound on that takes so much effort to make it sound somewhat listenable. You know? And yeah. I'm the same way. I try to play violin too a little bit, and I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah. wasn't as It wasn't as fun to me as the piano. That's for sure. What I should have done, what I should have, what would have been interesting would have been for me to play the upright bass in the orchestra. But for some reason, I got the violin and I just stuck with it. I never, I was a non, I just never got involved with, uh, uh, with it much. I literally would uh, get onto the bus first day of school, and uh, and I would take my violin and I would end up sitting at the uh, in the orchestra room in the storage the entire year and then i would only take take it home because i had to at the last day of school that year i never practiced yeah (laughs) i was like the worst i was the worst student i'd say that's like 95 percent of all uh orchestra musicians in high school or band like nobody ever played that's why the high school bands are so bad and like uh, terrible you go listen to them no one has any no one even cares about even intonation or tone or anything yeah so did you when you started playing the bass? Did you start a band with this guy? Uh, yeah, of course. I, 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 oh, I nice. uh, yeah. It was just we, we, you know, we just started. To this day, he's one of the most creative people I know. Uh, he, uh, he, he was so open-minded with how he approached uh, the instrument, and that what ended up be, really being a nice shaping uh, uh, element to, to to get involved. Um, and I remember. You know, sort of. I do remember one transitionary thing when I was when I was playing the violin and the piano. I was pretty note oriented uh, in terms of like. Well, I got to say that again. I was I was oriented to what the notes were written on the page. I wasn't really um, creative. I, I didn't come up with my own thing on on any of the instruments. That uh, so when I picked up the bass, I made a. A clear decision. I was. I decided I was only going to play by ear, and I was going to be. I was just going to try and be as arty as I could, and and not try and let anything define me, uh, like music or whatever. I, I don't. I have any clue. I. I have no clue whether I achieved any of that bullshit. But I recall. <laughs> I recall. I changed my head. I was like, I'm not going to learn music. Now I regret that a little bit. Um, because my reading is just awful. It, it's atrophied. That skill is atrophied entirely. But also, I never, I never, never, hardly ever get any music plopped in front of me ever. 
I mean, yeah. when's the last time it, you that got... happens over time, yeah. When did, when did you... When's the last time somebody put <clears throat> some music in front of you? Unless you're doing Broadway. I, yeah, honestly, I can't remember. I mean, it's it has to have been since I graduated from college in 2000. I mean, I mean, we played with bands and singer-songwriters, and they just go, hey, here's the song I wrote, and they just start playing it for you, they send you the music, right? There's yeah. no, like... There's no charts. I've, I've rarely... Really, I can't even think of the last time I actually read music. I do it at home when I'm, I'm practicing and stuff. I work on um, exercises and stuff, and I okay. read out of a book for that. But like, okay. it's still like it's not like reading, reading. I mean, yeah. So were you playing when you said you were doing Nodi? I immediately just started to think of like fusion, uh, <laughs> jazz, or like were you into like? Did you get into like some real like complex music? I tried. I tried to get into it. I tried to like it. And then some of it I actually did end up liking. But I, my, my, my logic at the time was like, you know, I'm not sure I like this stuff, but I'm going to learn it uh, so that I, you know, I, I figured, you know, if I know how to play this piece, this Chick Corea thing, then I'll be able to play anything in any genre. Um, and, of course, my ability to play those Chick Corea pieces um, were... Uh, like impossible I mean I still can't you know play any of these pieces they're really they're oh, super man. challenging yeah they're incredibly challenging uh, Senior Mouse I remember trying to play that in college and I was like uh, I don't I don't think I can do this yeah. <laughs> just the rhythms and like his rhythm is ridiculous <laughs> and, and like I mean there's a couple of really beautiful songs that I still I'll play around with today but they're much more the like they're a little bit easier, but even harmonically, he's very challenging. I mean, yeah. it's all sorts of stuff that he's doing in there. Well, I mean, he's heavy, and, and there's so much heaviness going on with all the players, and and oh. uh, I'm a, I'm a huge a huge appreciator of the, of that stuff, and I um, but I don't really listen to it anymore. It's, yeah, my favorite record of all time of his is "Now He Sings, Now He Sobs" with Roy Haynes and uh, with uh, Vidius uh, uh, Miroslav okay. on the bass. That yeah. record. When I first heard it, it just completely blew my mind, and I, I basically spent like at least six months, maybe a year, just just listening to Chick and trying to figure out everything about him. I even got into the trio stuff with David Weckl, Dave Weckl, and um, John Patitucci. All that I like stuff. that I stuff. Mean, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was really modern sounding, you know. And yeah. but man, the, you can't. There's no denying the vers- virtuosity of those players playing together. It's it's it was it was mine numbing I should say not even blowing I, I was like I don't even I couldn't even fathom being that type of player um, but I really worked hard at it you know and it, it was kind of the same thing with you I realized okay this isn't really my bag like I can maybe kind of do this but it's yeah. not something I'm going to master and be like I'm not going to be that guy I um, uh yeah I mean I boy Chick Corea is a, is a what a monster that guy is and, and all of his incredible records with all these different vibes you know with uh you know like the leprechaun and and then earlier oh, with yeah. miles um uh the electric band which is kind of where i jumped in i was like i don't what is this you know uh, that i think uh that was a big one and and then and then later on uh there was um you know albums like uh or songs like tale of daring and i think that if you know that song I'm talking about, it's it's yeah. it's just this absurd, absurd song, and it, I think that that particular song is what broke the spell for me. I, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is yeah. not, you know. Simultaneously, I'm listening to like Tom Petty, 
you know? And, yeah, and, so that's what I wanted to ask, is, like, what was some of your first influences around that time? Like, what, what was your style that you are into? I think, uh, you know, I I think I was, uh, at first, I, as a, just as a listener in high school, I loved Rush, and so I put a lot of time into that, and tried to uh, learn all of that stuff, but I I went so hard on, on that stuff that I, I actually... I burned out on it, and and I I can't in some ways I can't listen to it anymore. Um, but when it pops on, I'm always like amazed by it. Um, and then I uh, you know like classic rock and singer songwriter stuff. I didn't know that that was the genre at the time that I was listening to. You know, I was just listening to music at the time. But Tom Petty, was it like a- Amy Mann or. or uh... Amy Man, yeah, she was amazing. Till Tuesday, I mean, like I, like I'm an '80s kid, you know. I like, yeah, I love the '80s. Yeah, and uh, I'm surprised how much that stuff influences me right now. It still sticks around. Yeah, it is funny when I hear an old song come on from like from the '80s or the '90s, and I'm like, wow, I know every lyric to this song, but I can't remember a lyric to any of the songs that we're playing on tour all year round somehow. Yeah. I forget the lyrics. Yeah. But something will pop on that I haven't heard in 15, 20 years, and it's like right there. It's like You nothing. know every piece yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Why? why I don't um, know. It just Maybe it's because we had a different... Our brains were just processing music differently at the time, and it just kind of like wedged in there and built a... Yeah. uh, Dug out a little canal in our brain, and then it it got covered up, but it's still in there, you know? And then every once in a while, it'll it'll tickle that part and open it up and... I, I... I love I love you know like I listen to music so differently unfortunately these days than I uh, than I did back when I was purely just like I had a pure sense about and a pure connection of music I used to you know just listen to it just because I loved it and for that I would be really obsessive and maybe that's why I would know all these intricate parts of all of the music I would just continue to listen to it but now I listen to music in a sort of an analytical way. Uh, it's it's kind of sucks actually. It does. It does. Being a musician does kind of ruin music. Actually, after a while, yeah. it truly does. It, it's not as fun to listen to. Yeah, I have to listen. Like my favorite time to listen to music now is like when I'm at a club or something, and it's just like dance music or, or hip hop or something where I'm just having a drink and then and it's like on. That's like that's when I have the most fun. But yeah. And if I do throw it on, like, let's say, a, like, a new record will come out, and I'll be like, oh, I want to hear this new record, and I'll throw it on, and, and I'll go on Spotify, and I'll listen to the song, and I'll listen to, like, the first verse and the first chorus, I'm like, that's cool, next song, I'll get, like, a gist of each song now, I don't even listen to it all the way through to the end, it's weird, like, I just want to hear what they're kind of doing, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it, that's what they're doing, <laughs> let's go to the next song, it's really weird. Well, I know this about you, uh, that you're not just a keyboard player, you... First of all, you also play excellent guitar, and and you're a songwriter, and you're a producer. So you're sitting here thinking, I, you know, I, I can imagine that, you know, you're saying, oh, that's, I don't know if I agree with that uh, choice of keyboard sound, and then, uh, and then, or, or, <laughs> exactly. or maybe you might say, oh, wow, is that a close mic to, you know, this, that, or the other? What kind of compression did they use on? Oh, yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. You're just going to look at all these aspects of things that that you just didn't give two shits about when you first started listening to music and now you know the net you know you you're you're expanding into the world of music and 
and now your ears are adjusted to all of those things. Yeah. And that means means you listen you listen to music almost upside down. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that's like not to get all deep and all, but that's kind of how life is, right? As you get older, things change. Like, you, your your taste gets refined. Like, something you may not have liked earlier. Like, you, you may not have liked wine when you were younger, but now you love it and yeah. cheese. and These things all just happen, and music's no different. Like, yeah. it's just, you're going you're gonna to grow with it, and your relationship with it's going to change, and you yeah. learn to love it a certain way and different. And yeah. It's all good, though. I mean, I still enjoy it, and I know we all do, which is, I mean, obviously, we're still playing. Yeah. And that wouldn't be happening if we didn't enjoy it in the end, you know? I think but, I, I, I'm actually uh, I'm banking on the fact that I'm going to like different music in ten years that I don't like now. Totally, I'm, I'm banking on that because then I'll have yeah. something new to discover. Uh, mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much music out there. Let's so take it back. What was this band called? And like, what what style was it? Let me. Was it early '90s? It was. It had to have been some sort of alternative rock, right? My totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. I should I should have some like on the ready here and just play it for you, um, but uh, no, it started off uh, as a cover band and then it uh, I think every band starts off in, at that totally. era. Like totally, yeah, band. I did the same same thing. Yeah, somebody wrote a riff and then the next thing you know you're you're writing music and and uh, so yeah and then we ended up uh, going through a bunch of you know like iterations, uh, different names and different band members but once all of that settled i think we called ourselves the cutters which Ooh, uh, was an that's, a, that's emo yeah super emo <laughs> but it only makes it's like it doesn't make any sense to anybody outside of indiana but if you're from indiana you know that that there was a local uh there was a movie filmed in bloomington indiana called uh, breaking breaking away, away yes that's yeah. a great movie yeah and so we thought uh, it'd be cool to name the band uh, the Cutters because all that that was the name of the bike team that was yes. from the local area, and we were all local dudes. So we thought, hey, that's clever. So, <laughs> how many pieces were in that? Like, so you. <laughs> uh, Side note: uh, Who was the main actor? He died right of cancer recently. Huh? Did he? Yeah. Or. Uh, yeah, it was the Dirty Dancing guy, right? Oh no, he wasn't in that. No, you're, oh, you're saying that that would have been uh, Swayze, but yeah, no, Patrick Swayze. It wasn't. He wasn't in it. It was um, um, the voice, uh, the tall guy from Wonder Years, the like the the narrator, um, and uh, and also uh, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis that's Quaid. I think that's who you're thinking about. That's the guy. That's the that's yeah. the only character I can think of, and I do just remember yeah. like the one kid who was kind of like the blonde kid who was like who didn't who his father didn't accept him and, and yeah. he wanted to be a biker and he was always like crying and stuff. It was a great soundtrack. I had Beethoven, I believe, in it. Yeah, or, uh, and yeah, like so. a whole bunch of Italian, uh, like because they were always racing against the Italians, so a lot of yeah. lot of the uh, classical music was Italian. It was really cool and. Uh, yeah. That was it. Was a fun movie, and uh, I think everybody in in the, in the state of Indiana is really proud of it. And uh, <laughs> so that, that makes sense. So that that band name actually at that time would make a lot of sense. I, I understand yeah. that now. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, we ended up um, uh, being this uh, this band that used to be a cover band, and then and then we graduated fully to um, original music and. Uh, 
we ended up having a few managers and we ended up uh, doing like a showcase at CBGB actually oh wow yeah um, and getting signed at that that s- showcase and you know oh like nice so yeah. you, you did the full thing you got signed to a label and signed a contract yeah to play in a band an original band that's that's really cool that's something very few people can say they've done <laughs> it was uh it was a like a you know seven or eight year road man and uh it wow took, that so, long yeah and um it took a long time and and uh looking back uh very proud of of the effort you know and how many the results, records did you put out we made two nice but are you proud of them uh yeah yeah i think they're really good i i, I I hear, I hear a lot of really great stuff in it, and I also hear, uh, you know, problems with it. I hear lots of lots of lots of things that I would never do a, a, again, even just personally, and also like from yeah. a production standpoint. But overwhelmingly, I'm like way more into it than than what what I find problems with it. It's it's actually. I've never played it for you. I should play it for you. I'd, yeah, I'd love to hear. We'll 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 get to it like on the road on this on the uh, this that we're coming up on this summer. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, so this lasted what you said seven or eight years, uh, and then after that, after this band, it, did it disband or break up, or what did you guys do? You go it's actually really ways? funny. We we never actually officially broke up. We just all just <laughs> kind of moved away. I moved to to uh, to New York City. Um, and uh, the drummer in that band also moved, and we moved together. Um, he and his wife, and me and my wife, and our cats, and we all moved into an apartment in uh, in Brooklyn, in Carroll Gardens, and um, it was pretty. It was pretty ideal. Um, which um, were you guys moving to plan on playing together there, or um, it was? was it- I mean, it was definitely a plan to play together, but it was also just you know getting you know. I don't know what I don't know what I was getting into when I moved to New York City. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I was just like, I'm going to be a musician. I don't know what that means. I'm going to be as I I'm going to be a side guy. And what year was this? This was 2002. 2002. All yeah. right. So there was a little period in there. Um, were you? Did you take a little break, or were you playing the whole time uh, after the band after the disbandment? Um, I ended up, uh, I did end up doing, uh, I ended up taking a break. Um, I didn't, I thought that once the band was over, this was before I moved to, uh, to New York. Uh, but I, I thought that once the band was over, I was, I was done as a musician unless I joined another band and I didn't have, I didn't have the appetite for that because it took so many years to, to just to, to get those, those skills up and running and writing songs and stuff. And I wasn't. I was a songwriting contributor. I, I can't say that I, I, you know, wrote entire songs by myself. So I was not really wanting to dive into another band. So I ended up taking a sidebar. I ended up being a brewer at a microbrewery. Wow. <laughs> I know you've talked about that before. That's I love that story so much because... Who are we out with recently? Oh, uh, uh, Gregory Allen Isaacov said, yeah. "When you drink beer, it just t- it looks like the most 
tasty thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he said he loves drinking beer with you, and that is definitely he true. You can tell that. you have it. Yeah, you have a taste for beer, that's for sure, and, and you know everything about it. So it's always fun to go drinking with you because I'm always like, <laughs> you're gonna know about the beer and the process and. Well, I bet that was nice, though, because there's one thing I've noticed about you since we've been touring together, is that you have such an appreciation for uh, being a musician and, and getting getting to do what you want to do, and and, um, and do you feel that having that break in there and doing something else gave you that perspective? You, you're setting me up in a way that uh, makes me feel like you've heard this story from me before. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you pieces, the answer but... is yes. Totally. I mean, what what ended up happening was I ended up, uh, you know, transitioning from this band. I, I was frustrated with music entirely. I basically became a brewer. I basically quit. Um, I basically quit um, music. And I didn't. I did. It wasn't a conscious decision. It's just. It would just. It just fell off um, to the point where I hadn't played my instrument for uh, like three years which was which was crazy because I, I remember just putting it into the case and then it just it, it just sat there and I, I ended up being a brewer now the quick story about being a brewer uh, for me was that it, a it was really hard work it it, it was it had a schedule that so often started at 6 a.m which was really hard for me and um, yes uh, maybe for a lot of musicians but I'm generally a night owl uh, I, so 6 a.m. starts were really I was just not alive and uh, and it was a really hard job and uh, there was a lot of physical labor in, 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 along with a scientist's mind which I don't have I don't have a science science mind I'm not that guy so um, I was ill-suited for this job and it was really frustrating and I it, it, it frustrated me to no end um, that I felt like it was maybe the hardest job and the hardest and the worst job I ever had, which was really wow. important because I gained an appreciation for music and all of the things that music, all the challenges that music uh, throws up at me, uh, um, all I have to do is remember how bad that job was uh, working at the brewer because it was a pretty pretty shit job um, yeah. for me I think uh, other people that I worked with they, they they enjoyed it they were built for it but for me I know what what those particulars are that are so ill-fitting for me and what I've I've very easily been able to remember you know how terrible that gig was for me and 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 to look at music and all of its problems, and just say, man, this is a cakewalk. It's a cakewalk. So basically what you found out was you didn't like to work that hard. You wanted to just play the bass and rock out. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not saying this, uh, like, I'm saying this in a positive way. Like, you were like, look, I really just want to play the bass. I love music. This is so much fun. I don't want to work, like, technically work for a living, getting up early and, and like, moving barrels around. <laughs> it's like, that wasn't for you at all. It wasn't for me at all, and and actually, even like financially, I, I I did do some freelance work in Indiana, and I was I was earning twice, and this is a little wacky, but I was I was actually doing really well as a freelancer in Indiana 
for about a year and a half, which ended up giving me the confidence to say, I think I can do this in in New York City. Or I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's I, let's great. give it a shot, you know? Yeah. Um, so then, so then you did move to New York after the the beer the beer stint in your life, or the beer tour you did. Yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah, you moved to New York. You find yourself here in uh, what did you say, Carroll Gardens? Carroll uh, Gardens. Carroll Gardens. Uh, early two thousands, right after nine eleven. Yeah. Um, what were you? Uh, what What was like the first kind of gig you got here, and who you were playing with? And I got really lucky. Uh, I I didn't realize how lucky I was. Um, before I moved to New York, um, Pete, uh, uh, my the drummer that I moved with, recommended that I uh, try out and play with this guy named Ari Hest, uh, who oh, was sharing nice. manager uh, with the band that he was in. Um, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, and so I ended up uh, before I moved, I, I I had a little audition with Ari, and and I got I got the gig. I, re- I remember. Uh, very clearly uh, that uh, so basically when I moved to New York I had a gig and I left on the road the second week that I after I had moved that's wacky. an incredible story that's amazing I was so lucky but at the time I was like yeah I guess that's how it is I guess there are tons of gigs out there and they're all great but I was <laughs> It's part. It's partly luck, but you put yourself in that position. I mean, you were in the band, and, you know, and it all it all came there. You know, it, it wasn't just like you're walking down the street and like this guy's like, "Hey, do you play bass?" And you're like, "Yeah," and then yeah. you were in the band. It, it, part of it. I mean, yeah, everything is a little bit of luck in this business for sure. Yeah, but um, that 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 was like a controlled luck, I guess. I, man, I. I <clears throat> The more that I think about it, the more I'm amazed uh, that that I was as fortunate to get that gig, and and it it set the table for me. It really set the table for me to 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 do well in New York. Um, but you know, I think you know we've had this conversation where you know when you talk about luck um, that. Uh, I forget the source of this, but I've I've actually heard this from different sources that some people say that you know what you get in life is eighty five percent your intention and your work, and then fifteen percent luck. Now, I, how can you put numbers on these things? Um, but I find that I, I I find that to be really interesting um, because you know sometimes it's sometimes it's just a hundred percent luck, and like for me. I feel like uh, having that walked in, walking into that gig with Ari Hest uh, as I was moving to New York felt like just 100% luck to me. But generally, yeah. this 15% luck thing, and I've had conversations with some people, and, uh, and some people get really mad because they have, some people have bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and they don't want to be told that the, uh, the reason they're having bad, you know, bad experiences because of 85% of their own doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is, that's a tough one to swallow, to be like, well, I have bad luck and it has nothing to do with my intentions. Um, mm. I can I can understand why people would, would be upset. I think, I honestly think that it comes and goes. There's waves of good luck, there's waves of bad luck. And, mm-hmm. um, you just have to take it in stride. I mean, it's... So anyway, you're with Ari. How long were you playing with him? Were you guys touring, like, right off the bat? You said you were... Um, was he signed? Like, how did that all work out? 
He wasn't signed, actually. He was uh, he was independent, and he ended up. Uh, uh, he was already doing really well uh, in the Midwest, and and uh, he was playing this college circuit. And uh, what is that called? Like, uh, um, there's an acronym for it. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. Um, I forget what it's called. Laca, Laca, or something. Oh, or wait, that? hang on. You're you're almost on it. Um, yeah. Ma- Naka, Naka. Naka, Naka, Naka. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's Naka. We'll edit yeah. that. We'll edit that out. We'll, um, uh, we'll yeah. fact check this one. <laughs> That'll be fact check, and then we'll edit it out. Yeah, exactly. You'll play some uh, fact checking music now. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, yeah, Naka, I think it was. And, Naka, I, I do think it's Naka. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that circuit. I never played on it, but I definitely know that's where a lot of like singer songwriters uh, that are now even famous or, or somewhat famous kind of started in that yeah. scene in, in two thousand early two thousands. And he did really well like, in that. And um, you guys did, go play like in a student union like building or something like like in the recreation hall. And we we played about like a hundred. It felt like a hundred about one hundred and fifty dates a year playing mostly student halls and yeah. mostly as a, as a duo. It's mostly me and Ari. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you guys are just in a, in a, uh, a car, a rented car possibly, or did you own a car? It was his car. Occasionally he would rent a car. Occasionally we'd fly around, but basically all what we did was we piled into the van and we drove around the U S and he, he drove. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I this happened too. for how many years? How many years did you do this? Probably about three years. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It was. And that uh, was your main gig for, for those three years. I it mean. was my only gig. It was my only gig, and occasionally, uh, you know, we. I, I mean, I I spent a certain amount of time back in Brooklyn, and uh, you know, I wasn't really in the music scene at that point. Uh, that that happened years later uh, and there was an adjustment period there where where Ari started to slow down and and uh, you know he would turn into these phases where he would he would have to write so there was no touring and stuff and uh, yeah as we all know that period with artists he tour we tour with is there's mm. always a down t- downtime figure out what you're gonna do in between yeah so um, yeah so uh, Ari did uh, he did a couple records uh, I was very fortunate to play on well most of them I guess yeah and um, and it was Ari was um, provided a lot of uh, like really important experiences for me um, as a kid who was coming from Indiana and living in New York City because he was a New Yorker you know he, he was born and raised in the Bronx and oh so that's it, right yeah so <laughs> so he was he was showing you the ropes a little bit he was, he like, was yeah it was like you want the best french soup french yeah. best french <laughs> french onion soup in new york it's at balthazar you know yeah, yeah that's hilarious <laughs> everybody's always got their best place in new york and everybody's got their guy the yeah. guy that does something for them oh i got yeah. a guy that does that yeah, <laughs> yeah which is really kind of fun there were a lot of those a lot of those moments great stuff he had he has great friends, and they're all they're all those people, and it's it's awesome. Yeah. So, um, well, so when did you start um, playing? Like you said, that there was some downtime, and then I, I do believe you started playing with uh, other people as well, right? Uh, 
There was, was downtime there... where I was transitioning from, you know, um, from not touring with Ari um, to, you know, trying to break into the music scene. And uh, um, about that time, I, I there was a new club, new to me. I think it had been open for a year or two or whatever. But uh, Rockwood opened up, and, and I just naturally gravitated to that place. And, mm-hmm. and I started playing with uh, people like Colin Smith and, and Michael Brunick and um, Jenna Nichols and uh, all these incredible singers. And, and they, um, they just started uh, doing gigs at the Rockwood. And, uh, and I, my career, I, I think, really took off from having played in that that place it, and I and I say took off in, in quotes because taking off means like I, uh, if I wasn't playing otherwise I would be playing <laughs> with people yeah, at the I, Rockwood you know I know what you're saying yeah. I mean it led to other things it led to other gigs um, as well like and in, in, is that about the time you started working with Kieran Kelly the yeah. producer here yes yes uh, and that was because I went and played uh, on some recordings from Michael Bronick uh, at the Buddy Project. Oh, nice! Yeah, in Queens. I was just there last week. Um, yeah. I love that place. Actually, I do. The, place the windows is and amazing place, and it's getting better and better. It is, yeah. Um, so, what? Did, when did you meet? How did you end up working with Angus and Julia Stone? I know that was like a big gig for you. You did. You were with them right when they started really blowing up. Yeah, I feel like we're getting closer to that timeline now. After. Meeting Kieran. Well, um, so like many things, just kind of triangulated uh, onto uh, onto that situation. I was working with Kieran. I was working with Maddie, Matt Johnson, and Maddie called me up one day and and asked if there was a place uh, that that I could recommend as far, as far as the studio was concerned, and and that was Buddy Project. I was like. You know, he was working with this the singer and wanted to direct her to uh, a studio, and and that was the Buddy Project, and that was Julia. And then at that point, oh, Kieran, okay. yeah, and then Kieran called me up and said, "Hey, why don't you come on down and let's 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 do some recording?" So uh, so I grabbed the bases and went down uh, uh, to the studio and did some recording. And uh, Julie and I uh, hit it off, and and a year after I did that recording, um, she sent me an email, literally said, "Hey, you want to do a world tour?" <laughs> <laughs> wow! I was like, "Wow!" That's kind of one of those emails where you're like, uh, "Yeah, I should I think about this or should I just say yes right away?" <laughs> That's a tough yeah. one to turn down. Yeah. How quickly should I say yes? Yeah. yeah, and uh, that was basically because of, I mean, not because of Kieran, but that was the connection was you recorded on her, what, solo record? That was the connection. I mean, the connection was Maddie, the connection was Kieran. Maddie. And, uh, and it was both, and and, uh, and and then it just kind of went from there, you know? Well, let, let's backtrack a little bit. You okay. mentioned Matt. So were you, obviously, we were all big Jeff Buckley fans when we yes. were growing up, and we all know who Matt Johnson was. Yes. Did you did you meet Matt in New York? Um, in New York, did you work with him before you'd met him? And or how did that happen? 
Because you guys are now living together, roommates, I should say. Yeah, you just walked in the door, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him I said hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's upstairs, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, huge fan, of course. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's no way to, to downplay <clears throat> that. I mean, that's one of those records that was, you know, it, it, I think everybody was into that uh, and rightly so it's incredible and then Maddie was a was a big part of that record uh, in terms of like what was great about it um, and um, yeah so the first few times I was hanging out with with him and playing and and uh, it was it was a very uh, tongue-tied situation I was like oh my god this is actually kind of crazy and uh, and and um, was this like just on the scene, like in New York, like at Rockwood or something? Or? It was in front of Arlene's Grocery. I remember the first one, and then shortly after that, uh, Common Friends got us together on the same gig, and we started doing gigs together, and and then we started doing some uh, some uh, some recordings together. Some of them were hilarious recordings, actually. I have to tell you, like we did one for uh, like a um, a pharmaceutical. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> it's like we we played this hilarious uh, like music for uh, like internal music uh, internal like within the office uh, for DVDs and stuff stuff that was never meant to 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 be heard by anybody else and we uh, we did those recordings we did some wacky stuff so we had uh, we had some interesting uh, background uh, having worked before we. We started um, playing together on the Angus and Julia Stone tour, which Maddie was a part of. And uh, Maddie and Maddie was touring with all sorts of people, I believe, like at that time, like yeah. John Mayer and uh, um, oh, geez, I don't, I can't even. There's so many, right? Uh, well, uh, there's um, Rufus Wainwright. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Amy Mann as well, I believe. Beth Orton. That's right. Just seems like it was so many. Like when I first moved here, I, I don't everybody think was talking Man. about. I'm like, I don't think Amy Man. Uh, not Amy Man, no. But, uh, but know. I was th- I always some Beth Orton. I don't know why I get those kind of mixed up in my head. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was doing a lot of stuff. Like, uh, uh, who's that other? Um, me? Oh man, I can't think of his name right now. It's another singer songwriter. Uh, uh, I think Doug Yule plays with him a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Duncan Sheik. Duncan Sheik, yes, yeah. as mm-hmm. well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, actually, the list is really long. Um, yeah. Of, of people that that he's been playing with. Uh, I'm trying to trying to think uh, who else. Uh, well, maybe I'll have him on and you can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll draw one name that you haven't uh, mentioned uh, is, is Martha Wainwright. And uh, he Martha was playing Wainwright, with that's Martha... Right. And uh, and that uh, that's where he met Angus and Julia because they opened up for Martha. And that's right. I that's where that. that connection started for uh, for Maddie and for Angus and Julia. And then uh, they did a, a a small amount of touring or fair amount. I'm not really sure to be honest. Um, and then they started making the record. And uh, I think at this point. Uh, just to bring you into this timeline I think also at this point Maddie was touring uh, with Angus and Julia and then 
they opened up for Brett Denon, and that's where Correct. they got to know you. Yes, that was. That was, that was the first time I... Well, it wasn't the first time I'd met Matt, actually. I'd met him years before at... Uh, I believe it was called the Lion's Den at the time, and now it's Sullivan's Hall or something. I think it's called Sullivan's oh, yeah. Hall. I don't even know it's there anymore, but... Um, off of Bleecker? Yeah. Yeah, right off of Bleecker on Sullivan Street. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, and uh, yeah, that was that was a really interesting time because um, they were just starting. Like, obviously, I, I hadn't heard of them because um, they hadn't really broken the states yet. I don't. I'm but not, they were. Yeah, I'm wondering how much they had broken even in Australia at that. Point. I think they they at that point they were actually doing really well. Okay, they were playing big room. They weren't. It wasn't until after that hit uh, Big Jet Plane that they really that they really hit it, like when you were with them on that tour. But they were definitely already, they had some things going on in Australia. They already, I think they were playing, like, the end mall already, like maybe doing one night there or something. Yeah. They were already doing well. And so, and and I believe in Europe, too, is already kind of picking up. Um, That's why they came to the States. Yeah. And they had fans here every night. I was like, never heard of them. And there was definitely a lot of fans out there for them every night. And I yeah. was like, okay, this is interesting. And I just had this feeling. I was like, I could just, the way they were, they sounded together. And just the whole thing just had something really special about it, really magical. And uh, It was, it was, it was, uh, uh, it was very, very cool. And uh, yeah, and uh, the, the people, uh, the crowds were, were dialed. Uh, they were really enthusiastic about yeah. the band and uh yeah, and it was a that was a really incredible experience for me because, um, like Europe for them was was something where I recall you know we were playing two hundred cap rooms, and uh, and there was you know at these places uh, you could feel the energy, uh, and that was in Paris I think the uh, the first show we did in in Paris was a two hundred cap room and then that song big jet planes started to take off and all of a sudden things, you know, they went to like 5,000 cap uh, uh, rooms which wow. was, yeah, I mean it was it was really intense so to be, uh, to, to see the growth of something like that was was pretty incredible and you were a part of that the whole time like you basically jumped on right when it started to tip and then like, what was your first gig? What was the first tour you guys did with them? Was it Europe or was it the States? Oh, actually, I met you on the States, too. I forgot you, about that tour we did together. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, like, tour managing or something. You, <laughs> or were, <laughs> you were doing double duty. You were TM and you were playing keys with us. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. It was great. I'm a horrible... T- I'm going to just put it out there. I'm not a very good tour manager. It's, it's definitely not in my... Uh, it's not in my world to be that guy. <laughs> well, but it was fun. I had a I had a blast. It was a, it was a tough tour, but we had a lot of fun. For sure. Dude, it, it's not in my it's not in my armamentarium as well. I dude, I <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't do that shit. Um, that that was the first time I'd met you and um, was on that tour. Yeah. Um, and so were you you but you had just joined it. Were you with them like for months before that? I, I can't really put it together here. A little fuzzy for me as well, but I think maybe I might have been on the road with them for maybe a year at that point. Um, oh, okay, yeah, because you'd been to Australia, you'd already done that a few times. Yeah. And, um, okay. Yeah, did. Well, what kind of rooms were you playing down there at that time? Like, I recall in Sydney, uh, like the first show we did was the Metro. 
which um, oh, okay so they definitely weren't as big in two thousand nine or when I when I'm thinking with when they were opening for Brick because they were at the Metro it was already tipping over for them I mean they were I think if I say that they played the Metro um, that they they probably did three nights at the Metro. So, um, yes, okay. I mean, they were doing well. I think that's kind of a, an interesting thing. I mean, they they ended up booking shows differently. Uh, but at the beginning, it was like it, it already had evidence of, uh, of taking off with three nights uh, at the Metro and, and things like that. I, I, I could be wrong with these details, but that's basically how their first tour looked, you know. Um, and then you wrote the, so you were with them through that whole cycle which was about what, what 18 months possibly two years yeah it was more it was it was two years probably more so um, you went around the world a few times and you, you got to play all these cool venues and um, yeah I got really lucky we, with that and that was great incredible well there here you are with the luck I mean we are it is a lucky thing to get a gig and and but again it was like all your connections brought you to where it got you you know and sure then, so after that tour, um, you were back in New York. I, I want to say, I definitely know you'd done some playing with Sharon Core, right? I did. I did. Um, uh, my good when friend. When did that all happen, and how did that happen? That happened in between uh, Angus and Julia uh, tours and uh, Angus solo tours, which uh, that's where you and I met, uh, officially started touring officially. Playing I think, it, yeah. Was, um, was when you put down the TM book and <laughs> opened up the keyboard book. Um, well, I'll, put it, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. I never actually had a book, man. I was winging it off the top of my head <laughs> when I was TMing. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was after that solo tour you, you were playing with Sharon, or did you already meet him, meet her? The, so the solo tour, like we did this Angus uh, solo tour, which was great. And um, and then there was time off uh, in between that, and I I started uh, doing some um, some dates with Sharon Core, which was stylistically a massive difference uh, for me, um, and it was awesome. It was great. Nice. Yeah. And um, uh, what did what did you what did you end up going with her? Did you go overseas or ended up uh, doing some stuff in the U.S. and some stuff in Europe? Um, I have to say, it probably wasn't that that extensive you know it's not I don't want to characterize it as something that was extensive as Angus and Julia was but uh, but we had some great runs in, in Europe and uh, and it was a great band and uh, it was a lot of fun it was great yeah, yeah. that's incredible she's a or, she's like I wouldn't say older but she's definitely a She's been around a while, and yeah. uh, how do you find the difference between working with an artist who's been around for 20, 30 years as opposed to somebody who's just starting to break out? Um, that's... I mean, or is there a difference? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think if there is a, is, is a difference. I mean, Sharon's so lovely, and, and she's a, just an amazing spirit and, uh, and a wonderful musician. We did tour uh, Brazil with her as well. Actually, I forgot. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. Um, she, uh, her violin playing had people crying in the front row. Of, wow. Uh, yeah, I was, I was particularly struck by that because 
um, you know, she plays violin with the cores, um, you know, and she also sings and writes songs and stuff. But uh, she was a tremendous musician, and the band was incredible, and the uh, the whole uh, the whole organization was fantastic. Um, but uh, but I'm trying to think uh, if there's anything you know that really separates her as an older musician from younger ones. I mean, you know, there's a certain experience there that that is comforting when it's not somebody's first time in Paris or, uh, you know, uh, they know how to pace themselves, um, on the road with, uh, you know, like taking care of yourself, you know, it's like, I think that's, that's something that younger musicians don't, don't always have down, you know? Um, yeah. Just more experience. She's probably done it a little bit more. And knows how what she can handle, and yeah, she had a lot of quiet nights uh, in the, in the hotel. Uh, you know, she was like, you know what, you guys, uh, I'll see you guys later. I'm going, and uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. You know, it was, it, that was basically every single night for her. And uh, you yeah, know, I that, feel like I'm slowly turning into that myself. I'm like, yeah. wow, I, <laughs> our day's off now. I'm like, yeah, I'll just see you when yeah. we're like when we leave. <laughs> when I have to see you, I'll see you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that comes with uh, just just the grind of being on the road all the time. I mean, it's people don't realize. Actually, when people go on a vacation, they talk about how tiring it is. Just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I need a vacation for my vacation is is yeah. the term, and and that's basically what we do. But we're like out there for like way longer than a normal vacation, and we're working every day and moving every day. It's so it's such a grind on the body, and, and uh, I mean, I'm assuming time goes that- real slow. I'm assuming that most people that are going to listen to this uh, podcast are they're going to be musicians. So you know, explaining yeah. to musicians that being yeah, on tour a grind. is not a vacation. So everybody out there, you know, shakes their head. Yes, that's not. Yeah, that's not what's exactly. happening right now. But, um, but it's uh, you know, you have to explain that to you know family that that when they see the uh, the, the schedule, you know, that you're in Rome. Oh, you were in Rome. You, what did you did you go to the did you go to the Colosseum? It's like you know what I didn't. You know we didn't have any time to do anything. They yeah, were <laughs> constantly telling my parents that they think I'm just on this like vacation twenty four seven. Yeah, They're like oh, what are you tired for? I'm like you know when they come visit at yeah. the show days is the worst to me. I'm like oh no, this is going to be ten times more work tonight just because of the entertainment value and the dinner before the show. I know we all we all go through that. It, or just friends in general that come to shows. Hometown shows are always uh, an yeah. extra handful. Yeah. Like, it's just an extra handful. But, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Um, I remember Mike was talking about that uh, when we played in Brighton. Well, actually, that's a good transition, actually, to, yeah. uh, to, uh, to Passenger. Yeah. Um, we both, Rob and I, have both been, this last, I'd say, almost year and a half been working with them because we've done two records now. Yeah. Um, but we did a record, what, uh, 2016, January 2016. January of 2016, we recorded yeah. the, uh, the the record that we're touring right now. And yeah. uh, we waited about a half a year after we recorded it before we hit the road. Uh, yeah. And we've been on the road solidly through, uh, through 2016. And now 2017, we've been on the road uh, pretty heavy. Up until pretty heavy, and yeah, 
two more months coming up here. We both leave in a few weeks. So yeah. How did you meet Mike? I know that your story is actually a little bit different than mine. Um, yeah. Because you had, I, you told me you'd met him on the street busking or something like that. It or? was. Um, it was. It, it was a little different than that. It was. It was. Um, I was doing a show with Angus and Julia in London, and uh, and it was this thing called the Flower Pot Sessions. And he wasn't even on the gig at the time. He uh, just happened to be there. I think he knew some of the uh, or- organizers of this little show, and um, and he. It was right after we had done this uh, this epic long sound check, and there he was. Everybody else left. And, uh, and he was over there just holding his guitar, and I walked over and introduced myself. And and um, he, we, I'm not sure how we transitioned to him playing music, but he started to play some music. And I was really uh, taken back by how good he was. I immediately went over to the stage and I grabbed my amp and brought it over to him, plugged it in, and we just started playing together. And uh, it was just him and I uh, in the club at this at this point, and and uh, it was a lot of fun. I remember we played probably two or three songs, and and then we had to, you know, I think, you know, somebody had something on their schedule. We were done, and uh, we we both regretted that you know we weren't going to be able to play music. It was like, well, man, I wish we could somehow do this this again somehow. And it was like, oh well, and then. And then I didn't see him for a couple years, and then you, you started to tell me independently. I, I in some ways I had forgotten about Mike because um, it was it was such a fleeting moment. But I recall you telling me about your friend who was working with this guy passenger, who all of a sudden was blowing up and I at this point I I did not put together that the guy that I played with was Passenger that you were talking about that's right yeah, I remember that story I was living in LA at that time yeah. actually yeah and I, I we talked on the phone and, and you were like wait a minute and you told me it was until afterwards that you put it together and then you were like you were like what <laughs> it was long time after and but only <laughs> because you pointed this out to me one day I heard something that it, it was like like even weeks after you talked about this I heard something on the radio I shazammed it something in the back of my mind was like <clears throat> what is this this sounds so familiar and uh, and when I shazammed it <laughs> you know it gives you the picture of the artist and I was like holy shit that's that the hilarious. guy that I jammed with that day and I recognized his voice and all of a sudden, your story and my experience from years before, they, they merged together. So then I had, that's a bit of a funny eureka moment. And, and then, you know, when you're going around doing festival circuits and stuff, you, you start seeing the name on the bill at festivals. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, see the set now, now that I know who this is. And, and I walked up and it was like, hey, we, we had, yeah. we like had this. You remember me? It's like yes, I remember. You know, and then we were we were reconnected again after that, and that went on for a couple of years. And then uh, one day, I'd say it was in 2015. Um, I was doing some recording in Melbourne, 
in St. Kilda and I was staying in St. Kilda and Passenger and Mike was playing solo show at the Palais and I went to the gig I sent him a message and after the gig he was like we'd been you know he said hey what are you doing in a year from now you want to <clears throat> you want to you record this record? Here? Yeah. You're like, let me look at my schedule. Yeah, it looks pretty open. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. That's exactly how I said it. I was like, fake held out the fake book. I was like, yeah. 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 I'm good, man. Let's do this. And yeah. then at that point, it sat on the schedule um, for a while. And then, um, and then uh, you know, that's kind of where you came in because um, we came after that was all planned, he started coming to some of our sets that we were doing in England and, and he met you and he saw the, he saw the whole band play. And he was like, I, I, I want everybody in this band, not just you, Rob. And, and that's how we all transitioned from Angus and Julia to, to passenger. Yeah. And that's how you and I have put those 10,000 hours in. Or <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Ten years in, we see each other more than we see our uh, wives and well, my fiance. But <laughs> yeah, all of your wives. Oh um, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got oh, one. Man, it's been yeah. a. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say it's been a it's been quite an experience. I have to say the last uh, since I've met you, it's been my, it's six years now, seven years. I, I feel like it's been seven years. It's incredible. I can't believe how fast time has gone, and, and we spent most of those years on the road together. And uh, so, yeah, it is. Uh, I'd like. I mean, hopefully, many more too. I mean, I don't see it stopping. So, if we're lucky, yeah, if we're lucky again, fifteen percent like, yeah, like lucky. The theme of this, I like the theme of this episode so far. It's the luck theme. Um, but I think we should wrap this up. I mean, is there anything else you got? Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to add? I mean, we could do this forever, but I think, uh, you know... Yeah, we didn't get to everything, but I mean, let's get together again maybe sometime in the future. And I see your cat right there saying hi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She wants to get in on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do this uh, again. I'm sure that, you know, uh, we can... We're going to be on the road again soon. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have another go. Definitely, man. Well, thanks for uh, Only if it's by popular demand. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let the voters decide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a bunch right, of thumbs down on this this podcast. Yeah, well, thumbs thumb down. Yeah, whoever thumb. the whatever, whoever the listener is. Yeah, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, bud. All right, let's man. let's do this again soon, and I'll see Definitely. you. I'll see you in a week and a half. Definitely, man. Take care. <laughs> All right, see ya. <laughs>